Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Welcome to Aaron Menke's Cabinet of Curiosities, a production of iHeartRadio and Grim and Mild. Our world is full of the unexplainable. And if history is an open book, all of these amazing tales are right there on display, just waiting for us to explore. Welcome to the Cabinet of Curiosities. Those of us with hidden talents often discover them accidentally. For example, Raj Mohan Nair of India lost his mother when he was very young. Not wanting to live without her, he grabbed hold of a high-tension wire attached to an electrical transformer, but he was not injured. The electricity that would have killed another human being simply passed through him without causing any harm. Since then, he's discovered his body is capable of handling multiple amps of electricity with only minor side effects. The average human can't even withstand a tenth of an amp without serious injury, or death, which makes Nair something of a modern miracle, like a character out of a comic book who has developed a superpower. William McKenna's superpower, though, was not so much impressive as it was off-putting. McKenna was born around 1868 in Long Island, New York. His childhood is something of a mystery, but what we do know is that he got a job at Myers Glass Factory in Brooklyn, when he was just 14. McKenna was on his lunch break one day when he noticed a strange but enjoyable new texture in his food. With every bite, he became more enamored with this flavor that had found its way into his meal. Back then, you see, there weren't as many safety precautions in factories as there are today, and so it wasn't uncommon for debris to find its way into a person's hair, skin, or even their food. As it turns out, what McKenna had been eating that day was glass. Glass dust, to be exact, and it kick-started a new passion in him. Pretty soon, he was chomping on glass any chance he could get, so much so that the factory owners started to notice that their inventory was disappearing. Which is why, when they found McKenna chomping on one of their bottles, they knew they had found their thief. He was promptly fired and forced to find a new line of work. But McKenna realized something that day, that he had a unique talent for eating, He started working at a dime museum under the nickname the Human Ostrich due to his indestructible stomach. Although human goat might have been more appropriate because pretty soon, William began eating much more than just glass. To get the word out about his act, he showed up at the offices of a newspaper called the New York Graphic, boasting about his newfound skills. He even performed for them by eating carpet tacks, a couple of handfuls of paper, and a glass tumbler. Oddly, the reporters weren't too taken by his show. The article written about him remarked that he was a disheveled man and smelled of cigarettes and garlic. All in all, not an impressive specimen, even as a sideshow act. But that didn't stop him from performing. He once said that he brought in $75 a week as the human ostrich, about $2,500 today. And despite his bizarre eating habits, McKenna also made sure to eat three large meals every day. 
he could not, of course, subsist only on glass and metal. All of this while maintaining a fairly normal frame, weighing in at 138 pounds and 5 feet 6 inches tall. Eventually, McKenna took his show on the road, eating random items for audiences in places like South Bend, Indiana. The papers there described him as being able to eat everything from a cambric needle to a 5-inch spike, a boilerplate, or a railway sandwich. And, of course, glass. Large hunks of it, not crumbs or tiny slivers. He would crunch a whole glass cup or bottle, taking big bites in front of the audience. And to finish it all off, he would end by eating a live bullfrog. He wouldn't chew it, though. He would swallow it whole and then let people touch his belly so they could feel it moving around inside. Sadly, William McKenna's death was as mysterious as his childhood. He fell out of the public eye by the early 1890s, and his fate remains unknown to this day. Although I'd like to think that he lived a long life and died of old age, not from swallowing needles and carpet tacks. Of course, I'm a glass-half-full kind of guy. The half that McKenna didn't eat, that is. This episode is sponsored by Intuit. Here's a story for you. Once upon a time, a young woman was haunted by the ghosts of bad financial decisions, with credit card debt and an empty savings account looming over her every day. But when she tried to ignore these ghosts, they only grew bigger and scarier, and these ghosts of her bad financial decisions were stopping her from living her best life. So she decided to face them head-on and take control of her finances with help from Intuit. Intuit helps you face your financial fears with confidence through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. May 
Mary Ann Evans wanted to be a writer. In fact, she was a writer, and a talented one at that. Unfortunately for Mary, she was born in Victorian England during the 1800s when society believed women were incapable of writing as well as men, especially when it came to literature of any worth. For a while, she worked at a far left-wing journal in London. The owner of the Westminster Review took the glory for being the editor, although it was Mary Ann who did much of the work behind the scenes. But she did enjoy some success at the journal. Reviewers and readers became fans of the articles that she wrote. But Marianne was determined to succeed, and she worked hard to hone her craft. She realized that if her work was to be taken seriously, she needed to adopt a male pen name. So she chose a name that sounded masculine and intellectual. And the ruse worked. Mary's pen name quickly became a respected and well-known author. Her novels were widely read and admired. Under her pseudonym, Mary wrote stories that explored complex themes and characters, and she became a beloved figure in the literary world. She rarely talked about her personal life, so it's no surprise that only a select few friends and family knew the famous novelist was not only a woman, but Mary Ann. Not only did she write novels under her male pen name, but she also wrote essays, poems, and reviews. Critics and readers alike enjoyed her sharp wit and admired her ability to challenge conventional wisdom making some of her essays controversial. Little did readers know that some of these controversies reflected the woman behind the name. Mary Ann was a feminist, and her novels often explored women's lives and the constraints that society placed on them. She believed that women should have the same opportunities as men, and she used her writing to advocate for women's rights. Oddly, although a writer herself, Mary Ann remained a critic of other women novelists. She was a master of characterization, her novels are known for their vivid, complex, yet ordinary characters, who often struggle with their flaws and weaknesses. She was interested in exploring the complexities of human nature and the way that people interact with each other. Under her pen name, Mary Ann also translated several important works of philosophy and literature from German into English, including Spinoza's Ethics and Feuerbach's Essence of Christianity. While the pen name had fooled readers, one person saw past the ruse. Charles Dickens wrote to the famed author twice. In the first letter, he addressed the author's womanly touches. The second letter came after Marianne sent Charles Dickens a copy of one of her novels. He replied with a thank you and alluded that he had never seen any man present himself a woman so firmly in thought. In 1859, the brilliant success of the novel Adam Bede made the public more curious about the author, which even Queen Victoria raved about people around Mary Ann began to suspect. Problems arose when someone else complained that he had not received money from the book. Mary Ann thought that it was funny, until people pitched in as a fundraiser. That's when she began to worry about those that the con artist was scamming. After an article ran stating that the famous author was a woman, Mary Ann's publisher told her that it was time to come clean. In 1859, she admitted that she and the renowned author were the same. Instead of a fallout, fans and readers accepted the news. And instead of referring to her by her real name, the public continued to use the pen name. In 1860, Marianne Evans released her next novel as the celebrated author, George Eliot. The fact that the novel's fans had come to love had been written by a woman never cut into her profits or her popularity. I guess you could say that the pen name is indeed mightier than the sword. I hope you've enjoyed today's guided tour of the Cabinet of Curiosities. 
Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or learn more about the show by visiting curiositiespodcast.com. This show was created by me, Aaron Mankey, in partnership with How Stuff Works. I make another award-winning show called Lore, which is a podcast, book series, and television show. And you can learn all about it over at theworldoflore.com. And until next time, stay curious. Thank you.